Hi, I'm Ayala Chipley, and you're listening to Get Out of Bed, Out of Your Head. I've spent the last 12 years of my life struggling with anxiety and depression. I see a therapist, read books, talk to people. I do all the things someone's supposed to do. But in between those therapy sessions, I used to feel so alone and so anxious that I didn't even know how to begin to help myself. I figured out some of the key things to getting a grip on my everyday anxiety and depression, but I'm still on a journey because anxiety is never just done and over with. How do I do it? How do I feel like I'm not alone in this anymore? This podcast will talk about the secrets that top experts in the mental health field use to get through everyday life without anxiety, allowing you to have more purpose. So today I want to talk about how you can tap into your depression and anxiety. For me, it's what I call my supposed superpower because I can now understand my depression and anxiety. So trying to understand your own anxiety and depression might be holding you back from tackling it. And understanding it is what's going to allow you to tackle it and that's why it's so important. I stopped being scared of it when I started to understand my own anxiety and depression. And I've explained before that I used to let it stop my life and control it but it affects so many people that I knew I had to understand all of it, all of it, because there has to be a way to tackle it. So my what I like to call superpower of dealing with it is finally understanding my triggers and cycles and how to stop the anxiety and depression before it gets really bad. So many people with anxiety disorders also suffer from depression at some point. So anxiety and depression are believed to come from the same biological vulnerability, which kind of explains why they go hand in hand. And for me, it always does. My cycles of anxiety hit before I go into a cycle of depression. And it took me a really long time to understand that because it wasn't necessarily one day I was anxious and the next I was depressed. There was lulls in it. So now that I understand my cycles, I can understand how to tackle it. And since depression makes anxiety worse and vice versa, it's really important to understand both. So anxiety and depression can often be described as feelings of numbness. And for me, depression was numbness. And I've explained before, it's like the world moving around me and I'm not, I'm just not a part of it. I don't feel anything. Like I'm in my bed, the world is moving, but my head is just empty. Nothing matters. No one matters, not even myself. And that's the tough part of it is like, I'm just numb from everyone and everything. So for anxiety, it's the same feeling of numbness, but it's a little bit different because I have so much in my head and the world is moving so fast around me. And it's the numbness coming from overstimulation. I feel overstimulated and there's so much going on in my head that I can't stop it. And my head is going and going and going and I'm numb to the outside world because I can only feel what's going on in my head. So I really believe that people who are anxious and depressed feel things at a much higher intensity than other people. And I think that I feel everything at a much higher intensity. And to be honest, it's not always a bad thing that I feel this. Like I think it's kind of like a superpower. I can see when other people are feeling these different ways because I've I've experienced things at such a high intensity. But it can be so overwhelming if you don't know how to understand it. So what do you do about it? So like I talk about this in the Anxiety Hacker Toolbox. And I go with a five-step program in it to understand it and tackle it. 
So I'm going to go through these five steps and explain them. So the first step is accepting your anxiety. So if you're like most people with anxiety, you plan your life around your worries. You avoid driving on the highway or refuse to visit public places. Maybe you put off important projects or avoid meeting new people. So for me, I try to avoid change all the time because the unknown of everything gave me a mass amount of anxiety. And it's only when you learn to work with your anxiety, not against it, that you can begin to regain control of it. And learning about it will give you the confidence that anxiety is manageable. So the first step in managing it is accepting that you have it. And since the physical symptoms of anxiety are so different and confusing, it can be difficult to work to, to link them to the word anxiety. And like I've said before, so many people feel ashamed or weak or inadequate because they experience anxiety and panic, but it's nothing to be ashamed of because over 60% of adults in America experience anxiety, which means that if you're not experiencing it, you're actually a minority. You're not weak or unusual if you have anxiety. You're going through a normal, difficult human experience and acknowledging your anxiety puts you in a position to understand it. And understanding your anxiety gives you the power to do something about it. So then you have to connect. The second thing is you have to connect your thoughts to anxiety, to your anxiety. And I've talked about this before. And it's, I've said how our mind takes our thoughts as face value and that they're true and, and realistic. So the key is to learn to not take your thoughts at face value because your mind does. Like it, your body will take your thoughts as face value and it's true. But, but you are not necessarily your thoughts. So you can recognize them as thoughts and then let them go. So the third step is returning to the present moment. And this is often very hard. And for this, I use deep breathing. So here's what you do. You breathe in for three counts. Then you breathe out for three counts. And you do it three times. And this is like a proven mechanism. It's called 333 breathing. And I know it sounds kind of like simple and stupid and and you might think like it couldn't be effective, but focusing on your breathing brings you back to a place of conscious awareness rather rather than your thoughts running the show. So if you practice this breathing throughout your day, like when you're anxious about the traffic you're stuck in or coming home and your house is a mess or you, your boss walks into your office and like all these anxious thoughts start coming, focus on the breath and then you'll be able to return back to the present moment. So the fourth step is to go with the anxiety and not against it. So experiencing a panic attack can feel so overwhelming and confusing. Like your heart freezes, your palms sweat, your body shakes, you feel like you might die, like Once you have an experience like that, you obviously don't want to repeat it. It it becomes so scary and you do everything you can to prevent it. But the attempt to avoid it often brings more anxiety because you're anxious about having anxiety and panic. So going with it is what I like to say. So I like to think about it as a situation like that I went through as a kid. So when I go whitewater rafting and like I go a lot, what they say to do is if you fall out, whatever you do, do not paddle upstream. Put your feet up, put your arms on your chest and go with the current. 
So that's what you do. Do not swim against it. Just go with it. And just as I have to let myself go with the current of the river to get to safety, you have to flow with the current of your panic to overcome it. Like say to yourself, it's just panic. It will pass. The symptoms are super uncomfortable, but I will be okay. And the more you do this, you adopt this frame of mind and you just know that you can get through it and you hold that in your head and therefore you don't go with you. You go with your anxiety. You don't go against it. Then the fifth thing is to exercise and relax. So exercising is really important. So your body responds to different life stressors by releasing adrenaline. And that can be really useful in life-threatening situations, like when you need to jump out of the path of an oncoming car, but can be extremely annoying when you're going through anxiety. So exercise allows for a natural outlet for the adrenaline and also releases happy endorphins and brings you back to a feeling of being in control and more calm. And like, I'm not saying you have to start a rigorous exercise program, but taking a walk, walking outdoors because you have the ability to connect with nature, which brings another part of healing energy. So it's, it's just about the little things of exercise because it allows you to release those endorphins. So this is the five-step method I use to understand my anxiety and to learn to let it pass. And my understanding it is my superpower. And it's what I do and how I go about it and the way I tackle it. And you can use all these tools to help yourself as well. Thank you for listening in and joining me on this journey to help uncover tips to help the everyday and in-between anxiety moments and struggles that can feel so overwhelming. This affects so many people. So think about someone who can benefit from this journey as well to help them live a less anxious life and tell them to listen in and join us together. I love helping people who are struggling with anxiety and want to change. The change to be able to understand your anxiety and have tangible tools at your fingertips to not be controlled by your anxiety every day. So go on to anxietyhackertoolbox.com to receive the first chapter of the Anxiety Hacker Toolbox that will give you the ways to understand your anxiety, control your panic attacks, and live in the present right now for free.